Hello and welcome to the very first ever Wonder Woman Women segment of the Maker Mom podcast. I'm Katie Freeman, the host of the podcast. Uh, this is a brand new segment. will be released weekly every Wednesday. I will be interviewing a new female maker uh, who is not a mom within the trade of making. And that can be really anything. It can be woodworking, metalworking, jewelry making, um, artist, uh, canvas artist, uh, ceramic artist, really any kind of maker. As long as you are female and making something with your own two hands, then you have a chance to be on this podcast. Now, this has, I have been the host of the Maker Mom podcast going on for almost two years now and that still continues that will still continue to be released every Friday where I interview other maker moms about their journey to becoming a maker and the hectic life of being a mom so you can still look forward to that interview as well just adding in another one a week and uh, because there's tons of female makers out there who aren't moms and really deserve their chance to share their story as well so that's what this is all about. I'm super excited about it. Uh, right now, the working title is the Wonder Woman segment of the Maker Mom podcast. Don't have a jingle yet. That needs to be done. Uh, but before I hop in to uh, the very first Wonder Woman uh, segment with Dej of Dej Designs, awesome, awesome woodworker she is, I want to give a big shout out to patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Laura of the Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou, Made by Mary Lou, Amy, Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly of Reclaim Living Store, Brandy Studio Bay, Kathy, One Girl in Her Tools, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. I'll tell you more about how you can join uh, the tribe and get your name added to the start of every episode, which will now be twice a week. We'll have an episode every Wednesday and every Friday, so you get a shout out twice a week now. Uh, I'll talk more about that at the end of the episode. So let's go ahead and get right into the interview with Dej of Dej Designs. I was like, ooh, that looks super fun. And so I like yeah. dove head in. I like invested so much money in Arbor Tech and I don't even like their tools anymore, but oh. <laughs> like, I, I dove right in and I just started. And I mean, I basically like, I carved a table. Uh, that was the first carving I did and I loved it. Like there's yeah. just nothing like I can do traditional woodworking, but I have found, I like free form and I yeah. like, like, it's okay if it's not, you know, dead nuts on because it's kind of art. And so right. Yeah. Like, it doesn't exactly. have to be perfect. So that's exactly. what I love about it. Yeah. That's what I was finding like um when I was carving the bowls, like, because usually I would do that on a lathe. And mm -hmm. for me to be able to just carve it freehand, um, and I'm not using Arbitect, I'm using the I got a speed graph um blade, which is like basically a little table saw blade. Um, I saw that in your your video you posted on how you from the live and you yeah. did it on IGTV and I was like what is I've never seen that blade before. Um it's, it's I think it's from Poland. A uh, company okay. in, in Poland makes it and now they have it on Amazon. At the time that I got it they didn't have it mm -hmm. on Amazon. Um but that blade oh my gosh like it is it is such a 
very, it's a very interesting blade because yeah you can like take like really deep cuts mm-hmm. um but the finish is so smooth um where you almost don't have to sand it if you are extremely gentle like if you do yeah. all your cuts and then the last one is like just a very gentle one you don't even have to sand it it's like glass like i was, I was mm-hmm. amazed with that um but yeah just just being able to freeform something and just having that kind of uh creative flow just come out into the wood and letting kind of the wood speak for itself yeah. and tell you what it wants to do mm-hmm. i love it i love yeah. it it's so much different because i i don't know if you saw my website but like i'm mostly into mid-century modern style yeah. furniture yeah. um and i'm very intentional with that too like uh, mid-century modern is probably was not for black people mm-hmm. um, like that style was not for us and so i am trying to kind of change that history um by creating a new a new one um, i love that and love so that. yeah so um i usually do that like just mm-hmm. sleek straight lines all the time and to be able to do this was just something completely different but i found a new love for it it's it's awesome mm-hmm. it's really cool yeah I've, i mean i kind of i wouldn't i would say i've always liked the idea of mid-century modern like mm-hmm. like you said like the clean lines and stuff like that because i'm mm-hmm. kind of Personally, I'm kind of minimalist in my style, mm-hmm. um, but what I didn't like about it is there's like no curves, and like right. I found that I really love curves, and I've always loved it. And that was another draw when I saw Mike carve that table and mm-hmm. he put curves in it. It's like that's what I've been looking to be yeah. able to do is like <laughs> yeah. put some kind of organic shape, you know, because nature is not straight lines. Nature right. is full of you know, non-asymmetric or asymmetric, you know, curvatures and lines and stuff. And so that really yeah. draws me into to it. Yeah, that is definitely something like I'm trying to incorporate more into my furniture. Like um, with the multi-toned desk that I made, mm-hmm. um, I like it's a very subtle detail, but the legs actually splay out like a curve. Mm-hmm. I was able to do that on the shaper. And um, for me to like kind of experience that type of style and adding that kind of curve look to it mm-hmm. it was like yeah I definitely need to do more of this so mm-hmm. I'm coming out with a collection that is going to be mostly curved things so nice. nice hopefully my shop needs to open soon so that I can get this going because um, all I can do right now is, is design the pieces and I really mm-hmm. want to build them um, yeah yeah awesome so we've already been talking a lot, so I'm just going to have to put splice this into the podcast because I like what we've been talking about. <laughs> um, but I want to—I do want to make sure I like kind of circle back um, and just start with like letting you introduce yourself. You know, who are you? What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I always find when I when I speak to new people, like I don't even I don't even tell them who I am. I just start talking about just different things we can relate on. <laughs> um, but my name is Dej Hamilton. I'm a furniture maker and designer based in Toronto, um, and I make custom handcrafted furniture, kitchenware, and home decor, including wall art, um, all sorts of things that. People usually I do whatever people ask me to do. Sometimes I gotta I gotta stop them because they be asking for some crazy things. But <laughs> um, um, yeah, usually it's it's all custom stuff. Um, growing up in Toronto, um, 
was very interesting. Um, I went to a predominantly South Asian school. Um, and so even though there, there wasn't, uh, it was like all people of color, mm -hmm. there was only about maybe 50 black students in a school of a thousand. Um, okay. And so we were still being kind of picked on, picked out um, and whatnot. But thankfully in grade six, I was introduced to woodworking. Um, and um, I found this, this sort of love for it that just, I was just so enticed by everything that my teacher was doing. And he really pushed me um, to continue because he's always like, Daesh, you have a thing for this. You're, you're, you, yeah. <laughs> that's how, that's how he, would, he would speak to me. I was like, okay, like, thanks. So in high school, I continued it. And there I got an, another amazing woodworker um and he was just he was just the best like I was when I reached grade 11 I was the only person in my class like it was like split like grade 10 and 11 and I was the only person in the grade 11 section and so the entire budget for the grade 11 was mine and so he was like you do what you want you design what you want and I'm like this is just this is great and I don't think I would have gotten that type of opportunity um, if it was any other time. Um, I always think that like there's always a, a special time for special things and like I was just really fortunate enough to get that type of opportunity and um, after high school um, I went to this this art school um, for furniture making and design um, but what I found there was that it wasn't it wasn't organized the way that I wanted it to be. Um, it was very learn as you go. So for example, we were learning about side tables and building side tables and whatnot. And the class was very, because it was, it was based on creativity and just based on what you want to do. The criteria wasn't the same for everyone. They would give you like kind of like certain guidelines, but you can do whatever you wanted. Um, and so I decided to go all out and make this this uh, this uh, side table that had that was you could fold it un, un, un open it up put stuff inside close it all this this stuff and I didn't need table buttons like everyone else and so I didn't learn how to make table buttons that year because I never needed them but everyone else did and even though I would ask I was like yo how do you do this how do you do this it was it was just learn as you go you would you would learn as you needed to and so I didn't necessarily find that type of teaching style useful for me because I thought that it would make more sense for everyone to kind of learn the same things and then use that to implement and introduce their own creativity mm -hmm. to build what they wanted. Um, so I left, <laughs> I had to go um, and I went to this different school that was way more organized. Um, they taught you literally everything that you needed to know within a whole 365 day year like it was just okay from january to december you're learning everything you need to learn um here we call that fast track to learning um and so it was like two years of learning condensed into one but mm -hmm. you were learning all that you needed to to learn and at the end of it you were able to um, use your creativity to make something and that's where i made the desk the, the okay. multi-tone bricklay desk um yeah, so then after college, 
um, I ended up taking a vacation because I needed to just breathe for a second <laughs> before I then jumped back into woodworking. Um, and that's where I kind of learned more about the sexism in this trade. Um, the first job that I applied to, um, it was a, <laughs> it was a very weird experience. I walked in there and um, you can see like there were certain people at the front as secretaries. There were white women as the designers on one side and then all the men were the builders on the other side of the building. And I looked at the setup and I was like, I'm signing up, I'm signing myself up to be a part of the building section with these white men here and I don't know how comfortable I feel with me being completely separated from everyone else in that area. But I still continued on with the interview. Um, and the, the person that was hiring was just so impolite. Um, there were people coming in, um, talking to him. He would just stop the interview, talk to them. Um, and then he would ask me questions that made me feel like he didn't know anything about woodworking he was like so have you used like a table saw before um a jointer and as i'm showing him my portfolio um which was completely unnecessary as i was going through it's like i didn't even need to do that um i was just like like sir like are you we're looking at the same thing here <laughs> like, yes i've used all of these machines <laughs> have you like um and um at the end he was like, yeah, can, can you send us your designs like through email? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, I will not send you my designs. No way. Um, and I told him like, yeah, I, I no longer want to be a part of this. Uh, you don't, don't hire me. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't want to be there. Um, and then uh, I was able to get, so after that, took a little bit of a break and then um, people that I knew from the first art, the first school that I went to um, told me about how they're hiring at this one place. Um, and it was fun. I got hired. Um, I put in a lot of work there. It was a lot of fun. But um, they had, when you, when you work somewhere, you kind of start to recognize where your values and their values stand and how some things just don't align for you. And so even though like I would be giving them suggestions on how to do things differently, more efficiently, um, because it was only like, it was only five of us working. There was a very small, small team, very yeah. small team. And it was five of us working in the wood shop and then three people working downstairs. So a team of like eight and every couple of months we'd have someone come on and then come off because they didn't like it. Um, but it was a very small team. And so we all worked together to make these these projects happen. Um, and they were very reputable. Like they had like a really great reputation with um, the interior design show, which is like, um, I guess a design show that happens in Toronto every January. Mm -hmm. um, and they were like all over the USA. They had different like um, affiliations with different people. Um, but the way that they did things it was like, wow, how did you get to where you are? You know, <laughs> like mm -hmm. how, how did you, how did you, how were you able to achieve this? Um, because now I'm behind the scenes seeing what's happening here. And I, it's something is not correlating. It's just something doesn't mm -hmm. make sense to me. Um, and so even with all my suggestions and all of that, I was the youngest one there. I started there when I was 
20 years old um, and everyone else was like 28, 29, 30, 31. So they were looking it at was, me as... So was that place like, I mean, it sounds like in both situations. So these are like design firms that are like designing their own lines and then people like are doing the woodworking part of it? Yes, yeah. So okay. we had like... Um, our our boss like he was he was the main designer the principal designer mm -hmm. um and then in that there would be management who was like someone I was close with I knew her personally um and she would also help with the designs and prototyping and whatnot um and then I basically built everything like <laughs> I built mm -hmm. everything with a team like other people as well um, but there were certain things that they didn't know how to do, so I would show them how to do it. And it was like, it was a really good team until I started to realize the values weren't aligning and they weren't listening to things that I was saying that would help them excel even more. Mm -hmm. um, like simple things, like how to um, how to lay your lumber. Like they would, they would uh, put their lumber up against a wall, like a drywall. It was like a thousand pounds of lumber against. And I'm sure you know, like if you, if you, keep your wood vertical it starts to bow yep. right so I would tell them I was like hey we can like eliminate a lot of our waste if we just lay it flat and they're like no why would we do that like it doesn't make any sense this is how we learned it in school and I was like okay <laughs> it's not my company so you guys do yeah. what you want but you'll see um just like just simple things like just mm -hmm. things like that and they weren't really taking into account um all that was happening or all the, the same when in school that year-long program you took um mm -hmm. so was it all learning like was it more focused on woodworking skills that they were teaching you or was there like also an element of like how to design stuff yeah there was it, um it was mainly woodworking like we would be <clears throat> like we had hmm almost 400 projects to do within that year. Like just little small projects, like joinery projects, um, cabinetry, kitchen mm -hmm. making and all that stuff. Um, and then we had a class that was based on design and how to, when we learned art history and whatnot. But it was very condensed. And really that was, I would say that was all I needed. Uh, my mom does interior design, so I kind of have a okay. little bit of design mm -hmm. there. Um, but just that little section, of art history and design was kind of like all we really needed to to know because they were teaching us the principles of it they weren't going into okay back in 1000 ad this right. person did this right. and like yeah. you like that's things that i found weren't totally necessary to the craft mm -hmm. like it's cool to learn and you could learn all of this stuff yourself if you just Right. watch some youtube yeah. videos right <laughs> like i don't understand i didn't understand why i was paying for these like all these different classes like color theory and all these things that just like i'm sure we all have the sense of design you know like we all know that orange and brown don't go together <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's just it was it was um the others the art school was artsy mm -hmm. they wanted to to make mini me's the designers that we were that were teaching us wanted to make people that were just like them. And we didn't really get to um, be fully in our own thinking when it came to design. Mm -hmm. um, and so the other school was definitely, I needed more building experience, I felt. Gotcha. Like I wanted to learn more. To I wanted to learn how to be more efficient with building and like 
the teachers at the other school, um, they, they were so efficient. Like there'd just be things that they do and it's just like mind blowing. Like, like <laughs> there's this one time, um, my teacher, Mark, he put like all of his pieces together and measured it that way, like the thickness. And he's like, okay, well, if it's not even, then you know, something is off. And I'm like, duh, <laughs> that makes complete sense, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, back to just being in the field after spending a year and a half there, I figured like it was time for me to go. And the whole going away portion was was also very interesting because they didn't understand why I was leaving. Like they were like, what, what did we, what did we do wrong? Like what, 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 what happened? What, you don't want to work here anymore. <laughs> like, I was like, I just, I just, I just need to part ways with you guys. Um, and they were like, well, as long as you don't work for anyone else, and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but I, I ended up not, I ended up saving a lot of money to be able to kind of build my own thing and, mm-hmm. uh, um, be self-efficient in that way. Um, I found a shop that was extremely cheap. Um, and it was so cheap. It was almost concerning, like, okay, what's wrong with it? Like, why is it so cheap? <laughs> um, but nothing was wrong with it. It was just a community center that it's has, a, like a co-working space. Yeah, uh, Yeah. based on a membership where you have to take a test and all that stuff. stuff. Yep. And apparently there are like a hundred members, a part of this, this club. I've only seen about 15 or 20 people. And there's some (laughs) days where I'm in there by myself. So I'm like, this is just great. Like, this is wonderful. This is almost like my own shop. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is, this is awesome. Um, And all the people there, like, uh, there's a whole bunch of older dudes and <laughs> I remember my mom was saying she's like are you sure like this is okay like all these old dudes I'm like mom you don't understand these guys are amazing they're so much fun <laughs> they, they just want to teach you everything and then in some instances I'm teaching them stuff and that they didn't know and they're like wow you're so young and and, and agile <laughs> it's it was great that place is, is awesome so that's been just over a year, April, that I started Beige Designs. And here I am now, just in quarantine, waiting for the shop to reopen. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned before, like, about, you know, you're looking to put out your own line. Um, so, A, like, I think that's super awesome because that's, I mean, that's like one of my big dreams, but then I realize I have no freaking idea how to actually make that happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so This has been a dream for <laughs> like three years trying to make this happen and like years of trying to figure out what people want, like mm-hmm. what are people going to buy? Because if I put out this line, I want to be able to introduce it to interior designers and interior decorators so that they can show their clients so that right. they're doing the work for me. Mm-hmm. They're, they're showing their clients and implementing my design into their design. And that's kind of where like the hard work comes in too. Is just finding- exactly. I think that's the, that's the part, right? It's like I can have designs for days and mm-hmm. I can do the work of building it, but it's the connecting the, the catalog of work and the line with 
people that would buy it or help sell it for me. Um, I mean, I have some experience working with uh, interior local interior designers too. Mm -hmm. So I was going to ask you, especially since you're in the in Toronto, um, are you familiar with Kate Duncan? Kate Duncan. Yeah, she's in the I believe. Yeah, she's in the Toronto area. That name sounds so familiar. She is the creator <laughs> of the Address Design Show. If you're familiar oh, with that. Oh yes, yes. Um. Yeah, and they have like a little show. It's been running for a while though, mm -hmm. um, and I literally just found out about this like earlier this year, like last year, mm -hmm. um, because I wanted to be a part of it. But quarantined. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with her and her. Yeah, work. yeah. So I think that would probably be. Um, I mean, you're already aware of it, but I think that would be a good show. For you to definitely yeah. get in on um i've reached out to and i'm saying she you know that i realize i have a suspicion that it is they pronouns um uh that i've reached out to them and talked and just chatted because i've wanted i love that idea of like mm -hmm. basically like you know uh, just like the the workshop industry, you know, the in the workshop tends to be filled with a lot less female mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, representation. It's the same within the like actual design field too. Yes. And so I was like chatting with uh, Kate just via Instagram about like they went ahead and started this show because right. like they were getting shut out of all of these other shows or having right. to pay thousands of dollars just to get their line you know yeah. represented there and stuff um so i i am am wanting to eventually someday another pipe dream probably but to start <laughs> another show uh in the u.s mm -hmm. somewhere um that would especially uh highlight um women designers um uh, members of the queer community designers uh, and people of color designers like mm -hmm. basically everybody who is not a white heterosexual male as a mm -hmm. designer is who I would like yes. to highlight it's um, needed <laughs> because it, it is needed I mean to your point like there's there's a bunch of us out there who have amazing designs that just don't get the same visibility yeah um, and again this is no slurs or, or hate against you know white heterosexual males it's just wanting to create opportunities for others as well to join right. the party right um speaking on that like um i'm sure you saw the popular woodworking post that's gotten so much reading <laughs> reading the comments in that post i was like we need a reform like a complete reform to be completely inclusive of everyone in this field yeah. because it is so scary to think that there are so many people who who don't who don't want it who don't want this inclusiveness who don't want um, people from all different backgrounds to be involved in what they call their field um, and that's such a scary thought. So when people like Kate and, and people like you 
are thinking of how we can can start to include more of us, more queer people, more people of color, more people with disabilities mm-hmm. um, in in this field. Like that's that's a statement in itself, you know. And mm-hmm. um, it's definitely doable. I'm here for it. I too want to want to start something as well. Um, way down the line, I, yeah. <laughs> my my dream is to to have a gallery with my girlfriend. Um, and she, she does interior design. And um, I, I man, you've have... just got all these interior design advantages. I'm <laughs> just, just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> I'm a bit jealous, just a tiny bit. <laughs> she's she's very new in interior design. She's, she goes, she lives in Colorado, and she's going to um, the Rocky Mountain Art of and Design School okay. um, for interior design. Um, and so, but she, but we want to have. Um, like a gallery, I don't know, probably here. I'm trying to trying to push her to, to do it in Toronto. <laughs> um, yes. Is she American or can Yeah, no, she's American, yeah. Yeah, um, if you want, I can hop on that train and tell her to get her butt out of America. Yeah, <laughs> We're so, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, listen, listen, you need to do your passport like yesterday. Like That's you right. need to get this going, okay? Like, come on. <laughs> but we're trying to develop like... Um, a gallery just just for women and and in that gallery um we would have uh like a, so a section for people to teach others their mm-hmm. field even like not just woodworking like ceramics glass all of these different things all the different mediums textiles um and then have them showcase their work within that gallery and they wouldn't they would they wouldn't have to pay like gallery fees you know like I don't I don't yeah. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in in having to pay for things that you don't Are, have to pay for, you know. Have you heard of making a seat at the table? I've heard of that. Yes. Yes, that was a show that was in I think they had it in Philadelphia. It was like October through like the start of this year. Um I had one of the women actually both women actually uh but laura mays i don't know if you're familiar with her or not but she she's an instructor at a at a woodworking school um that used to be the school of of the redwoods or something like that it's in california yeah um, that school mm-hmm. um but she was one of the people who put it together and it was all uh women um furniture designers and makers who had mm. their an artist who had their stuff in that show in that gallery um which now i can't find it center of art in wood center of art in wood yeah it's in philadelphia um nonprofit museum exhibition gallery library store nurturing and promoting art in wood um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Philadelphia is just a drive away, so <laughs> yeah, it's not too far no. for you guys at all. Um, mm. But yeah, I think there's a lot of synergies out there. I think there's quite a few of what I'm putting in the us category of um, wanting to to bring a light to all of these people who participate yeah. in this industry. 
and I did see popular uh, woodworkings. You're talking the the Black Lives Matter yeah. post is the one. I'm kind of glad now that you said you read the comments that I didn't. I was um, I was pleased with their post. I was pleased to see a woodworking magazine take that stand because none of the others are doing anything. Right. Um, and so I was actually happy to see that, you know, mm. um, and uh, one of uh, a, a fellow queer uh, female maker that I know, and she's also happens to be a person of color, um, we're, we're friends and they reached out to her to help, you know, participate in how they're trying to change their own culture and be more inclusive. Um, and I think that's great, you know. Yeah, it is. It is the the editor um, is a younger a younger dude, um, and so I feel like he doesn't have the same mindset as all the older dudes have. <laughs> I keep calling them dudes, but <laughs> I, I know what um, you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he he's he seems um, like he's really trying to put a foot forward, mm -hmm. um, even though generally speaking, like we all needed this so much so long ago yeah um it's cool to see like as i was saying i think i commented on that post like that it's 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 nice to see that that um the woodworking community is finally trying to be more inclusive mm -hmm. um that it's nice to see that you know that maybe if if a, a child is going to see this they might see themselves within this book and that's like really where my heart is like mm -hmm. for the kids because you won't be able to to get more people in this if they don't see themselves in this exactly. right and so and so I think that that what they're trying to do and hopefully they do it you know the right way mm -hmm. um but I think it'll be good for the community as like a start to reform yeah you know? it is it's a tough balance though too because like you just mentioned you know like the older guys that you've you know that work in that same shop space yeah. that you work in I mean in that one-on-one -on -one relationship I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever had with another woodworker a, a bad experience with a male woodworker. You know, right. I personally have never had that. Um, I know that there are women who have, but mm -hmm. I've never personally had that. Usually it's a sharing of this joy, this passion for making stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, my sister says that I geek out about this stuff, which I totally do, you know, and, and geek out about like, oh, how do you do this? Or that's really cool or never, you know, and can spend hours doing, having that conversation and making things together. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's actually really disheartening to me that there were those comments on that article oh. from Popular Woodworking because I would not actually have expected it. Uh, no, it was, it was like, um, it was it was tough to read, but then also felt like this is what I'm working against. You know, like this is this is the whole reason why I'm doing this because I I had to become the representation that I dreamed about because I wasn't seeing myself within. Even though my teachers were amazing, um, they were all hetero white men, um, but yep. they were all so fantastic and so encouraging. But I still was not able to see myself um, in this field. Um, when I was back at the art school, there were three Black women in the entire craft and design mm -hmm. thing. Um, and two of them got injured. One of them 
obliterated her fingers and the other one cut herself on a saw stop. Um, and I remember someone had come up to me and said, said two down, one to go. And I was like, <laughs> wow. And that made me like, just wanna just work so much harder just to just to fight for all of us, you know, like just to kind of just break like that that glass mm -hmm. so that the rest of us can just walk through with ease. That's just that's where I'm at. So seeing those comments was like motivation for what I'm doing. It didn't it didn't it hurt, but it I used I I I I re-energized that hurt into motivation mm -hmm. to just keep doing what I'm doing because it's needed. We need we need more more people. Yeah, here. yeah, absolutely. Well, Dej, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we've had an awesome conversation. I appreciate it so much. Um, and forgive me, we've got two new kittens in the house. They've only been with us for a week, so they're very interested Cute. in what's going on. <laughs> what's going on on the desk? Um, <laughs> um, but I want to give you an opportunity to let people know, like. How can they find you on the interwebs and, you know, and follow along with you and see that brand new uh, line when it comes out later on? Yes. Um, just you can check me out on Instagram at Dej Designs, D-A-E-J Designs. Um, and then my website, uh, DejDesigns.com. Um, that's the two platforms that I'm on the most. Um, I'm trying to work up. The, the Facebook page, because I know there's a whole bunch of people on Facebook too now, uh, more than ever, really. Um, and so, but but Instagram and my website is really where you would be able to find all my work. Okay, awesome. And um, I will put the links to those in the show notes so people uh, can find that easily. And um, yeah, thanks again. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. This was yeah. awesome. Yes. Great conversation. Yes. All right, so again, that was Dej of Dej Designs. I will include uh, the links on how you can follow along with her in the show notes for this week's episode. And the easiest way you can find that is following along with the Maker Mom podcast on Instagram. That's just at Maker Mom podcast. Click the link in the bio. It's a link tree link. So there's lots of places you can get to, one being the show notes uh, for all the weekly episodes uh, from now going all the way back. So definitely a place to go check out. Um, now, if you're really excited like I am about this new segment and now you're also discovering the Maker Mom podcast and you love that, there's a few things you can do to help support the podcast. Probably the easiest and simplest way is to make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. And if you could go over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a rating and review because that allows other people to find the podcast. That's the simplest way. Now, if you're super duper in love with the podcast and want to up your game a little bit, you can become a patron over on Patreon. So that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Maker Mom Podcast. There's a $1, $3, and $5 tier level over there that is currently under construction as far as updating what goodies you get at each of those tiers but there are t-shirts there are stickers all that good stuff and with this new wonder women segment i'm sure i'm going to be adding other goodies in there 
as well. So you can go check that out. Again, patreon.com forward slash Maker Mom Podcast. Or you can find it at the link in the bio at Maker Mom Podcast or on Instagram. Or a third option, there are Maker Mom uh, Podcast t-shirts available just to buy as a t-shirt. And the quickest way to get there is to go on over to Freeman Furnishings, which is my furniture business. Um, go freemanfurnishings.com forward slash shop, hit apparel, and uh, there is the Maker Mom podcast t-shirt available to purchase. All right. So I hope you enjoyed this inaugural uh, episode of the Wonder Women segment of the Maker Mom podcast. I hope you enjoyed it so much that you come back next week because next week I have Jesse of I Jess Up, and you will definitely not want to miss that conversation. All right. Until next week, have a great one.